Hey, if we haven't met, uh, we have kind of just before, but I didn't introduce myself. My name is John, and with my wife Emma, we're the location pastors here at Harndorf, and uh, we love just to hang out with you guys every week, and uh, it's a absolute honour and privilege to be leading this location as part of our family, as I said before, and I really just want to encourage you again, come to the We Are Gathering, and uh, it's going to be a phenomenal night of just hanging out together, um, meeting people we haven't met before, and uh, just getting around family, because family is good fun, right? Family can have its moments. We don't always agree, right? Family can sometimes be awkward. Family can sometimes be annoying, but it's important and special when we come together for a family reunion. And, you know, not that we really need to go there, but sometimes I go to family reunions just to keep my mum happy. <laughs> Have you done that? It's like we do a, a Pulford lunch and it hasn't happened. One of the silver linings of COVID and uh, it hasn't happened for the last couple of years. But uh, we do that and it's all of my dad's side of the family and it's, it's a drag. And uh, let's just be honest, but you know what? We go there and we do it to keep mum happy. And so if you're going, well, you might need a little bit of encouragement. Come to keep the mum of the house happy. And uh, Pastor Julie would love to see you there and it would bless her heart to see the whole family come together. And so you might be going, do I, don't I? Just do it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And make sure you're RSVP. What I didn't say just before about that was that we're planning to not do the offering that night because um, we know that can be a little bit of a, a challenging moment for some people. And so we don't want to exclude anyone from that night because of an offering. And so come hang out together and then we're going to take up the offering um, on potentially a few Sundays afterwards. And so it won't be a a full-on moment of offering. It's just going to be a full-on moment of party and fun. And so do not let the thought of it being about an offering exclude you because it's not. It's about bringing the family together and gathering together. So make sure you come to that. Family time is fun. We have family Friday nights and uh, it's often a movie night and uh, sometimes we mix it up with a games night. And so Blake really wanted to play a couple of weeks ago a game as our family night and in then Riley came home from school um, chucking and uh, so it was like, yep, family game night. He's not going to be on tonight because we're not passing cards to him. And, uh, and so it got cancelled. But la last night, Friday night, we did our games night as our family night and um, played, let me get this right, taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. And uh, I don't know if you've played it before or not, but it's... It's actually a bit of fun and a uh, good one for family games because it gets a little fiery, uh, but you can also just take it easy. And even Blake gets in on the act. His hand is always last on the pile. If you know the game, you'll understand what I'm meaning. And so we're trying to work it out the second to last every second turn just so that Blake doesn't always just end up with a big stack of cards. But uh, it's a fun game. I recommend it. And, uh, and you can do that. But as part of that night, Emma um, introduced, I don't even know what they're called, and now she's just gone to feed, and uh, not herself, our <coughs> three-month-old. Just to clarify that, if you're visiting, she's gone to feed our three-month-old. Um, but um, these little cards that have got a couple of 
thought-provoking questions and um, they might have come from Nana, I'm not sure, but um, a scripture and some thoughts just to invoke a bit of conversation. And so Emma pulled them out and started to have a conversation and I love it because Riley started reading one of the cards that he got was Luke 21, 3. And uh, you start off, or we started off by whoever was reading it asked everybody else if they knew what it was. And uh, does anyone know what Luke 21, 3 is? No? I'll read it like Riley read it. Truly I tell you, he said, the poor widow has put in more than all the others. The poor weirdo. <laughs> Anybody felt like the poor weirdo before? It might be a little hard to associate with the poor widow. But to associate as the poor weirdo, I'm like, yeah, I can go there pretty easily. And, uh, and so we had a bit of fun with it and tried not to just um, completely trash the guy as he <laughs> said a word wrong. He's six. Um, and so widow is obviously not a word that a six-year-old uses very often. Obviously, weirdo is. And so it kind of worked. Um, but, but that was just something to encourage. And then last night, if you are friends with us on Facebook, you will have seen we are one of the lucky ones that got into Pizza Hut. And uh, if you haven't heard, Pizza Hut Marion Dining is closing. And uh, I saw the post <coughs> online during the week and messaged Emma and said, we've got to go. And uh, not for the kids, but for us. And then we kind of, well, for me, and then we wrapped it up as we need to take our kids to let them experience what we grew up with. And uh, if you aren't familiar with the Pizza Hut Works experience, is you go in, you pay a couple of cents. Like, it's so cheap. I think it was like six bucks for the kids or something. Three and under eat free. So Blake ate free. And, uh, and the night out was good fun. And then you just sit there as long as you want and the pizza keeps coming and then you hit the dessert bar which is where it's at <laughs> and uh and so that was just a, another moment of hanging with our family that was special and the kids are now trying to work out why Pizza Hut wouldn't just relocate because they're closing because of renovations and um some reconfiguring happening down there at the Marion Complex and so they are woken up this morning and they're like, can we go again before the end of the month? I was like, no, they're booked out. Oh, but why wouldn't they just, like, it was so good. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I took them earlier. But, um, but it was good fun. And I was saying to someone before the service on my third bowl of ice cream, um, the machine ran out. Isn't that, isn't that the most devastating moment at Pizza Hut? When you're just partway through, halfway through a bowl of soft serve, it might have been God just saying, ease up, Turbo. I don't know. But the girl behind me, and there was a lot of parents our kind of age there with their young kids, that the kids had no idea what was going on, but the parents were just coming back for one last time, which made me feel heaps better about myself, that I'm not the only one dragging my kids along for my experience. But uh, she's gone, she's looked at me and the machine started to beep and she went, did that just run out? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> she was joking, but I'm like, I feel you. I probably would have too. I'm like, there's heaps of moose there. Load up on that. That's good. And, uh, and so it was good fun. But um, <clears throat> I'm now going on a diet this week because <laughs> I had one the other week and lost a couple of kilos and in one night it's gone. So <clears throat> it's fun. It's worth it though, right? Yeah. Family time. Creating memories with families that 
are positive. That is not just about the family because you're a family, but it's about building relationships because you care for them, because you want to invest in them. And so taking our kids and doing special things with our kids is about investing in them and loving on them and showing them that we love them and we care for them and we want to have fun with them. And uh, we're just thinking about our Bible reading plan at the moment and what we've been reading through in the book of Hosea. And if you are visiting us or haven't caught up with the fact of what we're doing this year is we're working through the Bible Project's Bible reading plan called One Story That Leads to Jesus. And so across this year, reading through the whole of the Bible together as a church and preaching out of what we're reading. And, um, and so that's been awesome as we're reading through Hosea. And it uh, is an interesting book because you've got Israel walking away from Jesus. Has anyone walked away from Jesus? Walked away from, just gone, no, we can do it our own way. Again, re-surrender. Again, take up our cross daily again. Hang on, I think I can do it better my own way. I'm just going to go over here and see how it happens. And it, it doesn't end well and it doesn't go well for them. But what we've read, I think it's today, I'm a little bit up, not up to speed with exactly what day we're up to now because I've been working backwards and forwards this week as I've been preparing this. But as we get to today, it kind of works out all in the end. But what I love about relationship and the theme, the message, the title for this morning is what does God want from us? I think he wants us. He wants relationship. He wants re-surrender. He wants us to take up our cross daily. But but to wrap that up in one word is what does God want from us to answer that question straight up? He wants relationship. And I love the fact that right back in the beginning, Genesis 2, God's created the heavens and the earth. He's, he's gone through the days and he's created things each day. And then it gets to Genesis 2. And it says this, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no work on the ground and no one to work the ground but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface from the ground. And so there's, there's not a lot happening. You've just done all this magnificent creation but it's kind of a bit dull, a bit boring. There's not a lot happening see we can put a lot of effort into our life we can put a lot of effort into trying to create things and we can create things God created heaps of things but there was something missing there was something missing from what he was doing and there was something missing from what he had done and skipping down here somewhere to 
it doesn't have the verse here. But the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his, to his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So in this little bit, there's the creation journey, the creation story is complete and God's happy. But then it's like, it's not an afterthought, but God's working through this and there's something missing. Relationship. There's something missing. And so God starts to do what with Adam? He starts to communicate with Adam. And God's talking to Adam and I can just imagine in my head the shenanigans that would have gone on with God and Adam naming all the animals and the laughter and the carry-on and just the, the chaos and thinking about like if I was to sit down with my son and start to name the animals, what some of the names and just imagine God going, really? You're going to, no, what? No, all right, if that's what you want to call it. It's now an elephant. And, uh, and what, however that went back and forwards would have been quite interesting to, to watch and maybe someone will make some weird movie about it one day and we'll all go, really? That's a bit out there. But <laughs> one thing I've worked out is there's nothing more out there in any movie I've ever seen than some of the stuff we read in the Bible. And, uh, and so it's like, well, that's where it is, but... But God doesn't just want to have the relationship with Adam. He wants Adam to have relationship with someone else. And so there comes the woman. There comes Eve. And so what does God want from us? God wants us to have relationship, not just with him, but with each other. And so there's this two-way relationship that we need to have. And it's not just two-way, it's multiple ways because there's multiple people in our lives. But that's God's heart. That's God's heart for us, is that we would be in relationship. We were created for relationship. Out of everything that God created, he doesn't sit down, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, and maybe one day I'll find out and I'll get rebuked, but I don't believe God sits down with the blue gums and the red gums and the wattle trees and has a conversation. I'm not aware of them reading some word, reading some scripture about how someone's died for them and they're all set free because of 
I'm not aware of him doing that with the dogs and the cats, and I'm sorry, everybody here that loves their dogs and cats and thinks their animals go to heaven. I don't have an actual answer on that. But I don't think God has that same relationship with our dogs and our cats and our sheeps and our goats and our everything else that we've got. Sheeps, I did say sheeps. Yes, sheeps and fishes and goaters. But God's not into them like he's into us. He hasn't created them for relationship like he's created us for relationship. He's created them to provide for us while we're in relationship with him. Did you hear that? He's created them to provide for us so that we, or while we, are in relationship with him. And so what we start to do is in people just take it to the extreme is we start to worship our things that are not there for us to be in relationship with over him they're there to provide for us support us while we're in relationship with him and so we get people that and this is including myself in this except for these two analogies because I don't like either of them. But you get people that have heaps of time to play with their dog and to play with their cat and to go out and feed their sheep and to sit on the internet and do Wordle every day and post about it and annoy everybody else who doesn't like Wordle, Anna. But there's, there's people that are more than capable of spending the time to do that. But And this is where... I, don't take this one personally because I'm not looking at you now, Anna. But, but those same people don't have the time in their day to open the Word and read a single verse out of the Bible. We can have all the time in the world to, to do those things, but those things aren't about our relationship with Him. They're meant to be providing something for us so that we can have a relationship with Him. And so if you are one of those people that post Wordle every day, just stop it. Start posting a scripture every day and actually fill my spirit with something good instead of something that it doesn't even have anything. It's just got yellow and green squares. Well, you haven't even given me the answer. So what's the point? What is the point? Stopping us from getting dementia. Read the word of God and see if that might help. You can do it. You can do it. Just don't post about it. No one cares whether you got it in two or three times. Post a scripture and say, what do people think about this? And get some discussion going. And there's a challenge for you. Who's willing to do that? It's not quite as cool as posting about Wordle, is it? <laughs> but I tell you what, when Wordle's done and dusted, the Word of God will still be around. <clears throat> right? So get rid of that. And bring on the word of God. That's not in my notes. That's just, it's a good word, all right. <clears throat> what I'm waiting for is some, and it might have already happened, is some Christian organisation to come out with their own version of Wordle <laughs> and call it something really corny. And then it will be so bad. But um, So if you're thinking of doing that, Versal, if you're thinking of doing that, don't. 
Don't do that. Words from the Bible. Well, that's pretty well everything. So, But anyway, let's get back on track with the Bible because I've very quickly run out of time this morning. Where are we even going here? Wordle's completely destroyed me, as it does every day when I see people's posts. John 5, 19 to 20, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. And so we've got this dynamic when Jesus is on earth where he can do what he sees the Father doing. Why can Jesus do what he sees the Father doing? Because he's not looking at word or he's looking at the Father. Why can Jesus do what the Father's doing? Because he's in relationship with his Father. Because he's in relationship with his Father. I look at my kids And they are in relationship with me. And there's things about them that drive me absolutely nuts. And then I hang around with my parents and people that know me well and they go, you were exactly like that when you were three. You were exactly like that when you were six. You were exactly like that yesterday. And I can see straight away why they behave the way they do. Because they're in relationship with me. The only thing they know is to do what they see their father doing. The only reason they do what they do is because they've seen someone else do it and they're copying it. There's nothing new under the sun. They don't make up things. They just copy what someone else has done. And so when my kids have got behavior issues, like they do at the moment, Lord, give me strength, sometimes I've got to not look through the window at what other people are doing, but sometimes I've got to look in the mirror and go, what am I doing? How's my relationship with the Father? Am I doing what I see the Father doing? Because if I'm doing what I see the Father doing, they're going to do what they see their father doing, and they may not be old enough to have the same relationship with God that I've got, but that's my job as a parent, is to direct them in the path of the father. And so let's stop looking out the window at what other people are doing, and let's start looking in the mirror and going, how's my relationship with the father? How's my relationship or my relationships with those around me? Because we're not just meant to have a one-way relationship with God and bunk it down and push everyone else aside. No, he's called us into relationship with each other because he says in his word, it's not good to be alone. In the message, that same scripture says, so Jesus explained himself at length. I'm telling you this straight. The son can't independently do a thing. Only what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The Father loves the Son and includes Him in everything He's doing. But you haven't seen the half of it yet. For in the same way that the Father raises the dead and creates life, so does the Son. How's your relationship? How's your relationships? 
See, I started talking about Hosea in our Bible reading plan in Hosea 14 at the end of that book. It says this, Return Israel to the Lord your God. Your sons have, uh, your sons, your sons have been your downfall. We, that's sometimes the case, but no, this is your sins. Your sins, get that one right. Your sins have been your downfall. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria cannot save us. Nobody can save us. We will not mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our hands have made. For in you, the fearless find compassion. Israelites worked out they needed to re-surrender. Come back with words and say, Father, forgive us. They needed to get the relationship back. They needed to cement that relationship again. And from there, everything flows. And so as the team come this morning, I want you to think about where's your relationship? See, the question we started with this morning was what does God want from us? I want you to personalise that this morning. What does God want from me? What does God want from me? The answer for every one of us is the same. It's relationship. So the follow-up question is, am I giving God relationship? And let's be real. Let's not just fluff over and go, yep, I'm all good. But let's actually, in here, go, God, speak to me this morning. How's my relationship with you? Are there things in the way of my relationship with God? Might be our hobbies. Might be word, might be our pets, it might be our friends, it might be some habits that we've picked up. But what is it that's blocking our relationship with Him? And the second side to our relationship is how's my relationship with those around me? Have I, am I isolating myself in an unhealthy way? So many different triggers that can isolate our relationships between ourselves, between each other. And when we don't have our true north sorted, when we don't have our relationship with God sorted, it's a lot harder to deal with them. I've been having some conversations recently in my role as a chaplain at the Mount Barker Football Club. And it's such a challenge to try and point someone in the right direction when they don't have that connection with God, when they don't have that relationship with God. Because I know for me, and if I'm talking to someone here, it's, well, how's your relationship with God? Because generally you get that right and the rest flops. 
But when we don't have that connection with God, the rest is just this mess. And so getting our relationship with God right. Having a moment of re-surrender. Having a moment of taking up our cross. It's not questioning our salvation. It's not having an altar call this morning where it's like, do you need to give your life to Jesus again? It's just saying, have I had this morning picked up my cross? Have I had a moment of re-surrender where I say, God, I'm yours. God, use me. God, show me the areas of my life that are causing me to be distant from you. So we're going to go back in and sing this morning. While we're singing, I'd love you to have a moment of re-surrender. I'd love you to have a moment of picking up your cross. I'd love you to have a moment of saying, God, I want to get this relationship right. God, I want to come back to you. God, I want to cement my relationship with you. God, I want to ask for forgiveness this morning because I've moved away. God, I want to ask for forgiveness this morning because I've been treating my spouse, I've been treating my friends, I've been treating my family like dirt. God, I, I need want to get that relationship sorted this morning. You may need to come down the front while we sing. You, you may want to come down the front afterwards. Some of the team will hang around and pray with you if that's what you need. But you can do it from your seat. You can do it from your lounge room. You can do it from your bed. It's just having that real conversation in here. Where am I at? Where am I at? And so, Father, I pray for every person. God, in this auditorium, every person watching and listening online. God, help us this morning to challenge, to think about, to assess where our relationship with you, first and foremost, is at. God, and to have a moment to look at the relationships around us. God, the people closest to us. God, how are we treating them? How are we interacting with them? How is that going? God, help us to get them right. Help us to do relationship well. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, maybe you're watching online and you've never actually started that relationship with God. I want to give you an opportunity before we sing to, to just slip your hand up where you sit. I don't, don't want to get you out the front. I don't want to embarrass you anyway, but I would love you to slip your hand up in just a moment to say, John, that's me. I want to get my relationship with God right. For the first time, I want to actually come back and cement my relationship with Him. This isn't a picking up your cross moment. This isn't a re-surrendering moment that we all need to do. This is a, I've been well away from God. And I need to come back today. I want to come back to Him today. If that's you, with every eye shut, with every head bowed, 
I'd love you to just slip your hand up where you're sitting so I can see, so I can come and pray with you after the service to invite Jesus back into your life. To come with words and say, God, I'm sorry, like the Israelites did in Hosea. Is there anyone this morning that needs to make that step, to make that stand this morning to say, God, I'm in. First time, tenth time. Well, God, I pray for all of us this morning as we stand, as we sing. God, help us to focus on relationship, to push into you, to push back into you and to love those around us like never before. God, help us to prioritize relationship, healthy relationship. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.